This is Power in Practice. The law of gravity is nonsense. No such law exists. If I think I float, if you think I float, then it happens. It's time to get down to business. All of the realities of BDSM in practice. So is your panel on the bad daddy thing, or is that... No one knows. <clears throat> I'm supposed to talk about daddy. Your daddy? And everyone's going to have the assumption of, of the service daddy that Sparky opens up with. Mm -hmm. There's also a, a thing on the Dom Sub website. There's a, a page written by some woman espousing the wonders of the daddy-girl relationship. Mm-hmm as mentor, huggy bear, whatever the fuck. You know, the, the, the daddy was, I've been bad daddy I've been bad daddy to I've been a somewhat more productive, but still bad daddy to Because with just to make life tolerable, she, she got into it trying to explore A, gender issues, B, her own father issues, you know, she had a specific agenda. So I agreed to that agenda, although how I went about it was completely up to me. So there was a little more of that, I wouldn't say healing, in my uh, recollection, it was more of a stop reading those stupid feminist whack jobs and wake the fuck up, slap across the head kind of thing. Because she was reading all the, the fringe Right, all the best. All sex is rape because it involves penetration, right, yada, right, right, yada, right. yada. And at that point in her life, if she read it, it had credibility. But X said, but uh, the most interesting thing is I don't really like a lot of give and take. You know, I'm on top because I want to be on top. I don't like the, the punish me games. I don't like the whole, you know, I don't like it when people shove back. But we, there was a weird dynamic that absolutely worked for me because that was, that was the clearest case of bad daddy. It was a little playful. It was just the more perverse and fucked and emotionally damaging I could be, the better it was in the end. But the thing is, she'd put it back on me. I had to every time, and I don't like this under any other circumstances, and even then it would get wearing, but still it was, there was something about it. Every time that it started, whenever it just kind of happened, blame would get passed back and forth between us. Whose fault was this really? And I don't know what kind of psychotherapy trip it was for her in order, but inevitably I would have to win but she wouldn't cave I'd actually have to win in terms of unequivocal blame for how fucked up she is and like all daddies I set the rules so I'm clean by definition but I would have to reassert that every time I would have to prove every time that she was the bad seed 
And it was a bizarre mental exercise because she was fucking sharp. It was just, it was like being on the debate team with slapping. You know, it's just, it was a very, very weird dynamic. But it wouldn't have been complete without that. Meek acceptance of the rules wouldn't have worked for whatever reason. It works with, it works wouldn't have worked there. I think because we're digging deeper and there's a, there's a, a genuine defense to try and keep people out of those sort of wet, damp, sensitive spots. And that defense would have to be broken down every time. It was interesting. Uh, I heard from her not, well, it was a while back, but she's getting married now. And uh, when she was meeting this, you know, hanging out with this guy and they were getting to know each other, they were driving in a car and she started talking about how things were with me, trying to give an idea of where she'd come from. And he's needed an example so she gave an example of one of our exchanges and he had to pull the car over because we got that fucked up <laughs> just bloody very weird but gratifying as long as i kept winning it was gratifying. well what what was the issue that brought out the blame conflict i think that was her self-preservation but would it be arbitrary would it be like the, the oh, fault du jour it was, was it, it was flirtation I mean, that was, it would start as flirtation. It would start as an intimacy where, you know, I do something or want something and I go, oh, God, you see what you do to me? This is your fault, you know? Somebody who was clean at heart or whatever the phrase was, you know, somebody who was clean inside, I wouldn't react this way. Do you think all daddies react this way? No. It's because you were born bad. It's because you're wrong. <laughs> you're just a bad seed. You're a bad seed, absolutely. And I'd, I'd always score points not in the, you know, you do this to me, but in including that macrocosm of other little girls are happy. Other daddies are happy because they don't have to do this. Right. You know? You think your schoolmates are doing this? No. This is why they look at you that way. Stab, 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 stab. See, that's hot. That's... Yeah, it was. It was really... You know, that may be the only thing that saved it. It was, it was... Despite the fact that she was fighting me, and that always ticks me off, it was hot. You know, it was inspirational to come up with worse and worse things to say and not repeat myself. So she, <laughs> she would fight you, but within the context of what you We'd always stealing. stay within the context. Yeah. Context being she was bad. No, the context being that I was daddy. If she could prove that she was not bad and it was my fault, she would. And believe me, she fucking tried. The same way the animal would just fight me tooth and nail when things got physical. That was a much less fun. No, it was, it was definitely like watching someone drowning. They was just fucking scrabbling for air. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you just got to hold their head under. You meet the coolest people. It had its ups and downs. Well, I mean, a lot of it, she came from a background of horrific emotional abuse. Not so much physical abuse, just she had her own bad daddy, so there was some sort of cathartic... Catharsis is a cheap thumbnail to explain right. away whatever this process is with most people. But whatever it was, it worked. So is that what you're going to talk about on your panel? Yeah, that's what I want to talk about that on the panel, and I want to find a way that I can clearly distinguish 
being bad daddy as opposed to being crazy abusive parent figure. If nothing else, bad daddy has a rationale. A consistent, selfish rationale. Daddy isn't hearing voices, you know, that drinking too much. Daddy's in it for himself. In the end, he wins something. You know, it's... The abuses of alcoholism are horrific, but at least you can blame demon Rome. There's nothing other than moral and spiritual corruption to blame here as he feeds on his young. You know, and I mean, that's what you're giving them back. If there was a third party, insanity, drugs, drink, you could be bad to them, but it wouldn't give them any gratification. Because what do they all want? They want you to be getting something that you want. Bad Daddy has to be getting what he wants. And what he wants should be terrible. You know, that you can't be a sacrifice if the gods don't accept it. You know, if the gods don't care. And it, I guess also in the way that so many of the people who are moved by the whole bad daddy thing have had whatever their experiences growing up. I mean, he addresses it head on. This is how, you know, I had this horrific upbringing and it resonates through my king, which is honest, more honest than most people are. It allows it to be about them. They matter, they're there. Daddy is getting what he wants from me. I'm here. I matter enough to have Daddy's attention. But if Daddy is uh, raging against internal issues that he's had since he was a kid, and he's just taking them out on you, you're not there. You're just what he's taking it out on next. That's the difference. That really, that's really the crux. I think the other thing that is pretty clear from the, there's a paragraph in the second page of that, you know, the quote is, you're worthless, but he's never going to get rid of you. Right. And there is this ultimate expression of, I can't, give, I can't be discarded. The baseline is, I'm of no value in a bad seed, but I'm still going to stay. You know, there's no hope for you, but I'll make progress with you yet. There's, there's got to be some level of comfort in going, I can't fail this. Well, I can't turn out to be bad. You know, he can't turn to me and go, you're worse than I thought, you're out of here. Because I'm already worse than he ever imagined. Well, I mean, there was definitely a keystone of that when I was working with It was, you know, I don't know why I keep you, was a threat. But I had to be careful with that because she'd ask me if I'm so bad. But luckily that would almost always open the door for me to lean close and go, because daddy loves you, no matter how worthless you are. And it wasn't a generous, I'm giving love. Right. It was a... I love you despite all the shit you do to me. You are, yeah. So I was able to bring it back, bring the ball back into my court because I'm now ascribing myself a virtue. Yes, You're a virtue that they have no possibility of ever deserving. You stole my love from me. <laughs> so that setup makes it really difficult to play the my way or the highway game. Daddy's always a very difficult place to, to, to do that because it's... Sir doesn't have to have, I mean, in all the stuff we've talked about, Sir, Master, anytime, I'll speak for for my experience personally and to some degree Ken, anytime we read a website or hear somebody or read a post where someone starts talking about, as a Master, I love my, 
X, what's her reaction? Immediately in my head, this person is discredited. You know, it's this eye-rolling, oh, you're one of those. I don't do that when I hear, I'm a daddy and I love my boy. Okay, you're a daddy. Daddies can love their boys. But in my head, master and sir have to be a step removed from that emotional attachment. To be proper, effective, it's something I've been striving for and can't always, is sometimes if ever, reach. But in my head, in theory, sir doesn't have to love you and actually shouldn't. Daddy, daddy loves you and it's okay. It's built in. It's, that's why I think some people are better daddies than they'd be sirs and some people are better sirs than, Sir C isn't ever gonna be anybody's daddy. Doesn't matter how big a strap on, <laughs> never gonna be anybody's daddy. The my way or the highway thing in, in a daddy game, there's also no recourse to how bad daddy can make it. You know, I can't get rid of you, so any amount of effort to fix you is perfectly acceptable. Because there is no, if, you know, if you're going to have to do that, why don't you just forget me? Well, no, I'm stuck with you. Right. So, why three weeks in the basement. Why can't daddy throw the boy out of the house? Daddy can well, throw the boy out, is, but he has to take him back. And that's... Because he'll never stop being daddy. In a variation, that's, that is what I wind up holding as far as service. You know, I'm always going to be daddy, but that doesn't mean we're going to live together or that you're going to get to wear a collar or that I'm going to introduce you as my girl. It might mean you're on another fucking continent, you know, and you get a Christmas call from me once a year. And, and the way Shannon puts it basically is the daddy connection means no matter how bad she fucks up, she always has the opportunity to at least buy redemption. I will pay attention to the flag the little bugs in the Petri dish are holding up to the microscope. You know, the only thing I can't do because of the daddy connection is completely dismiss all input from that direction forever. I could send them away. It'd be like, you've, you know, there's fucking no way I'm going to even talk to you for a year or two or pick an extreme, but there's always a way to get a message back to death like that's so I get to I get to have that and I get to still maintain some standard or be able to kind of go my way or the highway but it's never my way or you're not my girl it's just okay you know maybe this isn't going to work out and you have to go get a job and yeah sir's a position master may be a socially enforced socioeconomic position you know it just in terms of ramifications the word dynamic you know but sir is a position you can leave service genetics your, your daddy's always going to be your daddy whether or not you talk no matter how far away you are well as a dynamic can that be perceived as a weakness in the daddy boy girl structure i think that the inability to, to completely let go if it ever comes to that not by definition um, I, I think that that weakness might be exploitable by either side, or might be either side might be subject to a weakness. But weakness is universal, you know. Um, I don't think it's uniquely weak. And in some ways, just in terms of healthier, happier people, it's a strength. I mean, you look at uh, 
you look at Master Jim. He's happy to tell you that there's people who were in his service, or he was daddy to 20 years ago, and he still gets calls from them. Right. You know, I'm very pleased with my track record that out of the five important relationships I've ever had in my life, or six, four of them I'm still on really good terms with. And part of that is in some of those cases is the daddy dynamic. I don't think that's a bad thing because I think that the standards that are set initially are different. Ideally in my head, sir is a my way or the highway place. You are setting that standard. You can succeed at it or fail at it. Daddy doesn't set that standard in the beginning so you don't fail it. Plus I think like all other organic connections, relationship connections, I know very few people who negotiate, who are doing daddy relationships is other than a game negotiated the entrance or exit of the daddy relationship mm. you know in my case it was totally tangential to what I was actually attempting to achieve you know it just turned out there it was it wasn't even a dynamic I'd considered but it can evaporate if girl X and boy Y really lose that feeling of connection they are they will disconnect it will just and if one of them does you're left with a, a circumstance that's not unheard of in real genetic families. Girl moves away, never takes the calls. You know, daddy throws you out and disowns you. You always think of him that way, but you know what? You're never getting a card and you're not getting any money and that's just the way it fucking is. <laughs> and there might be a reconciliation or not. Right. So the dynamic is, you know, In the end, it's all the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's a it's a dynamic that's harder to dissolve than the others because it doesn't have it's inherently doesn't have that brittleness, you know. But there's a lot of guys who confuse it. I think there's a lot of guys who think that the fact that they're always gonna be somebody's daddy means that they always have to provide a roof and money and emotional support and endless patience. And I've and, seen and felt that connection be exploited. And there are other people who, I think there are service dollars, to use that phrase, who don't have the ability to ever conceive of drawing a line in the sand and holding to it and throwing someone out, who clutch onto the name daddy because when they read the description, if I take that description onto myself, then I have a reason to never stare that abyss in the face. you know. And, and in the end, it's the other way. There's a daddy connection, thus I can't get rid of you is an entirely different thing than going, hey, I can't get rid of you. I must be. Thus, you know, QED, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to lose daddy. you, thus I'm your daddy. Right, thus I'm your daddy, you know. And, you know, and that's not going to fly. And, I mean, just like any other title, there's as many different reasons to assume the mantle as there are different people taking it. But language, language carries weight. Language carries associations and definitions. And the daddy definition is, uh, brittle is a great word. In my head, the sir definition is intentionally brittle. It's absolutely striving for that brittleness because that demands the highest performance from both sides of the leash. And failure in either part, because that's the way my head works ideally. And then in reality, I get emotionally attached and it's not nearly so easy anymore. But in a lot of ways, Daddy alleviated that pressure for me to some degree. Because 
once I started getting emotionally attached, Daddy allowed me to maintain authority without maintaining that intentional brittleness. Sir might dismiss you because you got his coffee wrong. Right, but there are a lot Daddy of sirs out you there the who, who still incorporate that emotional attachment. Well, even yeah. as far as to take it to neediness and, and you know, or dependency because of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, even though they're still following that that master or sir format, the brittleness is gone. Well, again, I mean, it's individual motivations, individual people. You can find exceptions. The moment, you know, if I were to create an, an axiom... Is that an exception, though, or is it... Well, I'm just saying that the moment you create any axiom... I'm just saying that the moment you create any axiom, you're wrong. You know, because there's so little that's universal well, plus here. Plus, there's no definition that a determined weakling can pervert. You know, I mean, it's... And I, I, I mean, that's as harsh... Intended to be as harsh as it sounds, but, you know, in my... In my worldview, is there someone who considers himself a sir who can maintain that if they're like, and under no circumstances will I dismiss you? I believe that they have destroyed the value of that paradigm. What do they have is great, you know, and, and go and enjoy it, but you should start calling it something else, you know? Because I think, I think other constructs have to be about, or wind up being about, standards. Well, not all of them. I mean, I can make a good case for mastery being effectively unearned power without reason. You know, I am, like I bought you at auction. You know, there's no reason why you do what I say other than that you do. But I think one of the things about the bad daddy that was kind of interesting is because it's not justified, there's no justification for the bad daddy paradigm. I'm not guiding you necessarily. I'm not, I'm not your daddy because I adopted you and you love me. I didn't rescue you from anything. No, it's Effectively, Jehovah, I'm stuck with you. <laughs> I think the bad daddy, it's very hard for people who are doing bad daddy stuff to deny the inherent draw of the fact that one of the things about it that's so wrong is the incest connection. Oh, man, that's exactly why it's... There are so many other forms of daddy that use so many other justifications to try and avoid having to talk about yeah. that. I'm daddy, but not in an incest sort yeah, of way. I, that's sick. I'm, I'm, I'm her daddy in a mentoring, protecting, guiding, teaching way. And you can kind of get away with that sophistry, even though it's bullshit. And if that's really what you're doing, that's, you know, ownership or mastery if you care to choose. But daddy's a silly name for it. Daddy is a term that you spend so much time just declaiming the incest connection with because you chose it because it is so overwhelmingly laden with that. You can spend all your time talking about how that's not it. But if that wasn't it, that wouldn't be the word you were using. Even in daddy boy stuff, even in, in traditional traditional leather bar daddy boy dynamics? Well, let's... In a, I, I, you know, not having lived a traditional leather bar daddy boy life... You know, not being gay, there may be, there may well be stuff I'm missing here. But I got as close as I could with. I mean, we we modeled ourselves as effectively as we could on everything we knew, understood, and felt about queer leather culture. Doesn't mean we did it, but it was as close as I'm likely to get. And 
the core for me never changed. The reason daddy is a desirable place is because it's hot for daddy to be fucking and hurting his boy or his girl. That That's it, you know, that, that the essential wrongness of it. You know, in some cases it was a gateway wrongness so we could find even deeper wrongs, but they all ran along that same track. Well, I, I think a court, my cursory thought about it, now that you bring it up, would be that I would think the gay culture almost even more proves or, or suggests the point I'm trying to make because more so than the hetero culture, there are many more, especially in the olden days, but there are many more fine-grained fetish distinctions in exactly what form that mentoring takes. You get drill sergeants, you have, there are, you know, masters and apprentices, there are up-and-coming dominant boys, there are, you know, there are all these other paradigms that are finally dividing this idea of why I'm in charge, and what I'm supposed to be teaching you, and what we're doing together, and, and all those things. And yet there's always this point in the corner where you wind up with daddy. And if you take the incest aspect out of it, the description for the daddy relationship is like any other mentor relationship paradigm you can come up with. Mm -hmm. And especially in the gay community, there are 45 different terms for mentor relationship. It's like Eskimos and snow. You know, there's, there's all sorts of trades and, you know, and again, you know, military models and all this stuff that the hetero world really never subdivided into. But, so under those circumstances, if, if you're going to mentor me and I'm going to grow up under you and eventually become, you know, a stronger, better person, there's no reason to use the word daddy instead of mentor it's true. or sir, except it's daddy. Well, and then you can spend all afternoon going, but not in a daddy way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think the other aspect is it's the only term that's absolutely universal. And it's universal even in its absence, which I think is fascinating. Maestro, sir, sergeant, master. Those are not universal not everyone has had the school teacher, the drill sergeant. Everybody has a daddy. And it's just as visceral if you didn't. If you grew up without one, right. you've got a void to fill. If you grew up with one, wow. you've got something to reenact. Wow. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. universal. It, the we other thing that's all really got interesting is, is it's one of the few terms, very clear things that hits, hits hard. Mm -hmm that absolutely transcends kink and fetish culture. Mm -hmm. You pick any, you can go through any number of black and white early Hollywood era movies and songs and oh, daddy. and the hot girl, you know, is looking up at the, the guy who's paying her rent and there's only ever one word. You know, there's only ever one term that comes to mind. You're trying to get your pimp to not beat you you instinctively whip out daddy. Term of endearment for man who holds power over you. Or person, if, if you're going with lesbian couples where there's a male identified, right? I mean, there's even, an appeal to authority, and it's always that word. And it's even universal in the inverse. 
Lolita and her submissive daddies. Yeah. Lolita's got that kink where daddy buys her candy and does what she says, but it's still daddy. It's still a universal shared experience. Right. And to be daddy, to be a bad daddy, you know, I mean, it's got to work the same way, I figure. You either get a chance, for me, I get a chance to exercise the demons because I had one. Much like just, I got a crazy old man making my life hell to this day. And he can to this day. I left for, all, you know, 15 years and there he is. Whether he was in my head the whole time or bother, or, or doing it. And, and what's he doing right now? Giving with one hand and slapping with the other. And I need this, so I take this. It's just there. And, and no matter how much you know in advance, you know, and no matter how much it is yeah. or it isn't, or you can steal yourself for it, one of the powers that comes with that term oh. is that it gets through. No matter what. Yep. When it's my dad still, turned on me the first time back in I knew it was coming, I've dealt with it before, I'd seen it a million times, and it still fucked me up just as deeply as it ever did. You know, you, and certainly it's a conversation for another time, you mentioned that, you mentioned the, the Walida concept, and I wonder if, if there isn't an aspect of, of that as the, like the, almost the logical inverse. You know, and the reason I say it is because until you mentioned it, I didn't analyze the word so much, and it's only a quick thought, but Walita implies a daddy, and it might not be your daddy. It might mm -hmm. not be you, but when you're walking down the street and you the go... daddy next door. No, but, but when, you're, when I'm walking down the street and I'm talking <clears> to <throat> the girls or, or my other friends or, or any of you guys, sometimes somebody will t turn and point a girl out to me and go... That's a pretty hot little piece of ass. And you're like, yep, it's a hot piece of ass. And it's some girl walking by. But that's a different thing than somebody going, what's with the with the Walita over on the corner? Or, or you know, who's that? Walita implies the a Humber. It, right, it implies. A what? A Humber. Humber, it, Humber, Lolita. Yeah, her, her, her lover. It implies, it conjures the image of someone misusing or taking liberties. In a way that that's a hot girl on the corner right. doesn't imply that sort of nefarious. It's the nemesis of daddy. It's it's really the the, the counterpart. Put the two together and there's a huge power struggle. Absolutely. You know he's using the inherent power he's got, and then her only defense would be to not reluctantly be dragged into those circumstances, but in effect to dive head on and get there first. I don't get the chance on her yeah. own mm -hmm. terms and and turn it against that, right. disarm him or somehow neutralize whatever force yeah. he's got. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what somehow did in microcosm, passing it back and forth. Yeah, very much because and that same turn of phrase. There's low out in the backyard with you know, with the outfit on and the lollipop, and there are two phrases there. You know, either Humbert's looking out there going, "Look what you're doing to me." Or she's looking in going, I can't believe you bought me this outfit. Yeah. You know, what kind of how dirty wrong old is man it are you, you to, to look yeah, at me that To way. look at me that or, or him to go, how, you know, how dare you prance around in that? You know, mm -hmm. somebody's at fault. And we're going to fight to figure out which one of us is making this bad. Yep. Whose fault is it? 
And Bad Daddy embraces whose fault it is. Right. Bad Daddy goes, oh, it's my fault. And there's nothing you can do about it. You are clean. You may be, for the first and only time in your life, innocent. Because by implicitly, Bad Daddy is taking all the responsibility for all the misbehavior. I'm bad. I'm abusing my power. You did nothing to deserve this. That's why it's hot. I mean, that, 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 exam, that sample he gave of uh, getting thrown in the trunk with a, you know what you did. Oh. There's no question about who's to blame here. On the surface, there's the pretext, but the scene's never about what the scene's about. Right. Yes, on the surface, I'm saying you did something wrong and you have to figure out what it is. But that's not what he's thinking. He's thinking, what do I have to say? Right. Not what did I do. What do I have to say? What do I have to do to appease the demon god, the devouring mother, the, the, the evil father, whatever it is? Sure, I'll take all the blame. That's my job. Well, it's also one of the few constructs that allows, that openly allows the thing we've always talked about being able to do anyway. The open relieving and taking out of stress from other areas of your life. I've had a bad day. Get of, me a beer yeah. so I can beat you with a cat. You know, yeah. Everybody has that idea, at least the image in their head of, you know, the car pulls up and the front door closes and you know inherently it's about to go horribly wrong. <laughs> and you know? It's, you know, that's true. I, uh, the few times I ventured into that territory in these, I wouldn't say more egalitarian, but by comparison, perhaps they are. These more egalitarian sir you know, relationships. I remember coming home, preparing myself to take it out on Zoe because I'd had a bad day. And it all just went to hell because by the very construct I had created, I needed a reason. Mm. If it was all about her performance as good or bad, yeah. I didn't leave myself the freedom to go get me a beer and then yeah. backhand her for or, delivering it. Or you can effectively ask for it as a favor which I so never really managed to pull off. But Kimiko in particular, Kimi would go to the ends of the earth if you were to come home and go, I've had a bad day. I need you to help me deal with this. Mm -hmm. She would do what she had to do and suck it up. I can provide this outlet for you. Except for particularly the if there's me. Right. <laughs> particularly if the idea is that only you. Right can do this for me. I've had that pitch to me too, that if you've had, take it out on me. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I no, cannot be yeah, not in now. need. No, yeah. yeah, no. Thanks, I'm fine. Because it was offered? Because I, because the, the, the actual text there is, hey, when your life gets so bad that you can't handle it, give part of that to me and then everything will be okay. Yeah, you as, know, I just, I, as generous as it sounds on the surface, the dynamic implies need. It's and I can't be needy yeah. and be on top. Even the basis of service in, in my world is always, look, I can do all of this. It just, like, I really have better uses for my time. But if I was to get overwhelmed, I, there are people around me who would, will do what I say. And if I am overloaded on work on a deadline, and I'm legitimately really overloaded, it's a lot of work for me to go... Shannon, I need you to edit this audio because I'm out of time. I'll not sleep. I'll need. I don't 
I don't like needing. So for, for somebody to go, hey, if you've had a day so bad at work that you can't handle it, come home and take it out on my hide. It's, uh, and you know, if the that's first a form of service it being offered, is, but there's a, there's a so subtle... What, what I'll do is I'll wait till the next day. I will prove to myself that I can handle it. And then maybe the next day I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to take the, you know, I'm going to take 20 out of your hide anyway. But I'm, I'm over that. The need issue. I'm over the home. I'm thinking that if I standardize the, if I set the relationship standard, that the first time I got caught in traffic, nothing major, just an irritation, I came home and beat her and set that precedent, in the future, it wouldn't matter how bad my day was and how crippled I felt inside. I would be free to do it. But I've never done that. I, it's not in my nature. Um, so it, the world would have to get really, really bad. And by the time the world gets really, really bad, I don't need to show that I'm crippled inside. Right. What I need to do is look and feel strong. And having someone donate their hide as charity is what it feels like because I'm in need. Therefore, and the thing is, I don't think I've ever needed to beat someone to feel better. But I have needed. And any time need is applied, I will slam the door and say no. I mean, you guys went through it with me when I was getting sicker. You guys were offering help I obviously needed. And I couldn't say yes. Well, plus I think to some extent, the stress relief isn't there. You know, what I want to do is chase you around the room while you cower and wonder what the fuck went wrong and right. beat you till you cry. <laughs> if you know why and how and you're, and you're being already, brave, yeah, you're, you're stronger than I am. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not even fun. Yeah. <laughs> You know, what's this about? <laughs> now it's a scene. Now I'm supposed to, you know... But daddy needs no justification. Daddy needs no... Bad daddy, anyway. Daddy can fabricate blatantly artificial justification. Well, plus you've, he's already shown a willingness to throw it all away and step over the line to begin mm -hmm. with. Yeah. You who start you, infallible yeah. territory. What can, yeah. Who can you appeal to when daddy sneaks in your room in the middle of the night and sodomizes you? You know, I mean, what's what do you, what's the higher power? Where's his better nature? You know, what, you know, what is what is what's the deal you're making? You know, he at needs, least use a condom. You know, you tell him on it. Better not. Yeah, absolutely. Recent conversation about Bad Daddy revealed a history that included just that scenario. Tara instilled an impossibility to please. The whole house was subject to it. It wasn't really rational. The man was a perfectionist, and if he didn't see perfection, he never expressed it in actual physical violence, mm -hmm. but he got mean, nasty, would berate, would, would humiliate, would yell and rant, and just make life unpleasant. That kind of expression, which I think I could do as well, to me borders on being abusive and not much fun in the long run, and that's the trap that I want to avoid in this presentation, that, that people might infer that Bad Daddy is about that kind of activity. Well, the way that Daddy's always manifested with me is Bad Daddy, the bad part was the hot part. 
The bad part was the fun. The work I do anyway, because sir or not, formal or not, I tend to get attached enough to my people to work on them and with them and become emotionally entangled and involved with them, their health, their growth, whatever it is. Daddy is not just a social authority, it's emotional and moral authority. Daddy's a guide. It was never clearer than when daddy, you know, I was a bad daddy, which meant I was perverse, I'd fuck my boy, I'd, you know, treat him terribly, yada yada. But there was no doubt that I was still a teacher, a guide, and someone who loved him. It wasn't all constant abuse. And you know, you can't have that moment, that wonderful moment of knowing that the whole world has stopped because they heard your boot heels coming up the hall, if they don't get a chance to breathe so that they can fall back into it. If it's just constant hammering, it's just exhausting. It's hell. If there's no up, you don't have the luxury of the easy down. There's always lower you can drag someone, but the lower you go, the more work it is for you. It's true. But on the other hand, if, if they are allowed to re retain normalcy, equilibrium, buoyancy, have a good time, go out to the movies, daddy got you red candy, whatever it is, and then things go terribly wrong, you've got that roller coaster ride, and it's easy. You can get, you know, much less investment for your return if you consistently... I mean, it was the first lesson I learned as a, as a dominant, which is if, if I, I used to just constantly, keep, when I first, like my first year, it was a struggle where I would try and keep the hammer down all the time because I was terrified that to let up ever was weakness and I was failing somehow. Well, of course, it didn't work, at least not with the people that I was with and not with my being able to get any other joy out of life. So, no, even Bad Daddy, the hammer isn't down all the time because you got to lure them closer before you can slot them. <laughs> you know? got to have candy in one hand. So you can smack them with the other. The dynamic in my head was embodied by red candy. This girl I was with had this thing about, uh, about candy, and I found out what her favorite candy was. So I'd go and I'd buy the candy, and sometimes I'd give it to her. And sometimes... I'd get annoyed because she was a greedy little fuck, and I'd dump it on the floor and grind it on my boot and make her eat it off the bottom of my boot. If that's the only way she ever got candy, it wouldn't be special anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Feel free to lob these puppies. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a moment. <clears throat> was it after a cardio last night, we went to the diner. And the waitress, unbeknownst to me, must have spilled some red sauce or whatever it was that she was putting it down on the table. And it, it clearly it splashed on the floor and onto the shoe of the patron. She was a very nice girl. And so she went down to wipe it up off the floor. So she's down on one knee wiping the floor and notices, I can only assume notices that there's some on the shoe, because as I turn to look at what's happening, there she is, bent down next to the table, wiping this guy's shoe off with a napkin. It's a full-service like, restaurant. I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, you get a tip. Or no, you dirty little whore, no money for you. Pick one. Hey, they seem to work equally. <laughs> yeah, there's something on my shoe.
something. <laughs> there better be something. You've been listening to Power and Practice with Flag, Soul Hunter, and Daddy David as they talk about the topic Bad Daddy. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Power and Practice, www.powerinpracti.com.